The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. So, I don't know how many of you have seen The Staircase, the true crime documentary on Netflix. It came out like three or four years ago, and I have seen it before. Matt hadn't ever seen it, so we rewatched it this last week. And it's a pretty unbelievable case, right? It's about this guy named Michael Peterson who was accused and then tried and convicted of killing his wife, essentially pushing her down the stairs. And it's a it's a really it's it's much more than that. There's all these crazy details. And basically, there's all this reasonable doubt in the case. So it was pretty, pretty unthinkable that the jury was going to come back with a unanimous verdict of guilty. But they did. The jury comes back. Spoiler alert. Sorry. But they all come back unanimous that he's guilty. His lawyer at the time of the trial was blown away by this verdict. Right. He said he, he actually said this about the, the verdict. He said, If there's not reasonable doubt in this case, then I don't understand what I'm doing. It didn't just disappoint me. It shook the foundations of my beliefs in human beings, in my own abilities, in the system, in my judgment, in my sense of reality. It didn't just surprise me. It truly stunned me. It blew me away emotionally and psychologically. And that is exactly how I felt watching the ultimatum. Those are my exact feelings. I was blown away emotionally and psychologically. So I think it's time that we talk about it because this is one of, if not the craziest reality shows I've ever seen. And not crazy in the way that you're thinking, not not overtly. Nobody's doing anything, you know, illegal. You're not watching people like do cocaine on screen. But Wild in the way that these people are unlike any other cast of any other reality show. And I have a lot to say about it. And hopefully you guys do too. We're going to get into some voicemails at the end of this of your guys's reactions or thoughts or comments or questions. But before we do that, I'm going to give you my full rundown on the whole season. It's 10 episodes, well, nine episodes and, in a re- and a reunion. And we're going to go through each of these couples. I took notes the whole time. I had a thought probably every seven seconds. It was a new, unbelievable thing that I was witnessing. But let's talk about the premise of the ultimatum. Actually, before we do that, happy April 25th. Not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. All right, let's get into the ultimatum. The premise of the ultimatum. There are six couples, okay? And someone in each of these couples gave the other one an ultimatum marry or move on. That's like, that's the show's subtitle. So apparently the way that they're going to get to this decision is they're going to get together with all the couples, pick a new partner from a new couple, try being married to them for three weeks. Then after that, get back with your, your current partner, like your long-term partner and do a three week trial marriage with them. Duh. I mean, what else do you do to decide if you want to get married? This is exactly what the buildup to an engagement should look like. Of course, my first question in a show like this is how do you approach your partner with this, with this idea? Do you just come up to him and be like, hey, 
I saw this casting call for couples who don't really like each other that much and aren't sure if they want to get married. Do you want to do it? I mean, in reality, I think that these couples both just really want to be on TV. I feel like that is the number one requirement for a couple going on this show. You got to be in a relationship with somebody who wants to be on a reality show as bad as you do. Otherwise, no rational, normal, functioning couple who's just deciding to get married or not, none of them would want to do this. None of them would want to do this. So now that we know the premise, let's talk about each couple that shows up to the show together. So they're original couples. The very first couple we meet is Alexis and Hunter. Yes, I'm saying Hunter, not Hunter, because I actually really did think that his name was Hunter, H-U-N-N-E-R, rather than Hunter. I know people, I'm I'm from Utah. People get on us all the time about dropping our T's and everything. Like we all say mountain. Uh, by the way, I think that's a pretty common thing. Like whenever I talk to other people, they basically all say mountain, whatever. Alexis really, really forgot about the T in Hunter's name basically the entire time. Alexis is pretty indescribable, but she's, I think she's under the impression that she's Brandy Glanville. That's the only thing that I can really come up with. Hunter, Hunter, the most non-notable person in this. I don't think he really has any screen time. He doesn't say or do anything wild. Well, he does one anyway. We'll get into that, but not a lot, not a lot there. Next couple, we've got Madeline and Colby. I want to point out her name is Madeline, M-A-D-L-Y-N. I'm probably going to say Madeline because it's easier to say, but she's got no vowels, no vowels between the D and the L there. It's just mad Lynn. Anyway, Colby, 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 Colby is misleading because for the first like 25 seconds, you're like, okay, he's kind of cute. He's kind of sweet. And then he talks and let's just go ahead and get this straight. Madeline and Colby do not like each other. And this doesn't seem to ever change through the course of the show. Like they, they, they truly seem to not like each other very much. And Colby issued the ultimatum to Madeline. Oh, I forgot to say that Alexis issued the ultimatum to her boyfriend, Hunter. I was just going to let you guys know who, who issued the ultimatum in all of these. So Colby gave the ultimatum to Madeline and I don't really know how else to describe Madeline, except her vibe is like aggressively 2008. You know, next couple, we've got Shanique and Randall. Wowza. Wowza. I will admit I had very high hopes for Shanique, but boy, did she fall from grace quickly. And Randall, I'm so sorry. You seem like a nice guy. You're pretty hot, but I can't take you seriously with a name like Randall. Okay. I know it's not your fault, but I hate it. Shanique gave Randall the ultimatum because he said that he wanted to wait and get married till he was financially stable. And she's like saying that's not why. So she gave him the ultimatum. Next couple, we've got Jake and April. I don't care what anyone says. I think April is unhinged and incredible. And Jake, 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 we'll talk more about him in a little bit. April seems to be head over heels, obsessed, clingy, Jake is kind of whiny. Honestly, I think they make a decent couple in the beginning. They seem to really compliment each other. And April gave Jake the ultimatum because she really wanted to get married. Like it just, I I can't imagine any normal person being like, I really want to get married. How should I do this? Mm, Reality show? Should we just go on a reality show? Okay. Sounds good. So next couple, we've got Nate and Lauren. 
Lauren was my winner up front. Not that anybody really wins this show, but like I just really liked her a lot initially because she was normal. She's got her head on straight, but she too somehow outdid almost every other girl on the show when it comes to bizarre behavior. And Nate is basically Nick from Love is Blind. You know, the sweaty one. That's basically who he is. Exact same person. Like maybe maybe like a slightly different head shape. But other than that, it's really indistinguishable. And Nate issued the ultimatum to Lauren because Lauren doesn't want kids. Nate wants to marry her and have kids right away. And she's like, I don't want kids. And that's where they're at. Last couple, we've got Ray and Zay. And yes, those are their real names. I didn't want to believe it, but they are. Ray gave Zay the ultimatum, but I know I've I've said this before about different couples already, but this one I mean the most. Ray does not like Zay. They ask her a question in her one-on-one, what she loves about him, and she literally asks to skip the question. Like, it's it's painfully obvious that these two people do not want to be together. And, of course, it's hosted by Nick and Vanessa Lachey, who, despite the fact that I do think they love each other and they're probably good parents and they're nice to each other and all that, I think I hate them more than anybody else on the show. They have figured out a really effective way to deal with the ick in your partner, though. You know, we've talked about this before, like how to overcome the ick in somebody that you're dating. I think we found out how Nick and Vanessa Lachey do it. They just out ick each other every chance they get. So how can you break up with somebody for giving you the ick when you are out icking them? Soulmates. All right. Time to get weird. Let's get into the show. Episode one is when the doors are opened and they start mingling with all the other couples. And we've got some sparks flying. Mainly Ray and Jake are hitting it off. And you may not know this, but I actually did. I did the math. And Ray and Jake say the phrases, that's crazy. We have so much in common. And you check all my boxes. I counted. They say it a total of 6,343 times throughout the series. That's obviously a joke, but it did feel like that. They said it a lot. I wanted to be like, do you guys have anything else to say about each other? That was the only thing they could come up with. She literally checks all of my boxes. Okay. What, what, are, what are the boxes, Jake? You haven't named one box. Not one of them. Another new budding couple that's happening is Colby and Lauren. Lauren doesn't want to have kids, need I remind you. And it's literally the reason she's on this show. It's the reason she got the ultimatum. But Colby, who has like student council president energy, has a 30 second conversation with her, says something to the effect of, I want you to know the joy of having kids. And I think I could help you get there. And I would be there to help you raise them. Wow. Thanks, Colby. Her mind has changed. She's been with her boyfriend for like two years, but a rando in a cowboy hat is like, hey, you know what? You should have a better attitude and just like have kids. And now she wants kids. And I know I'm I'm saying this all sarcastically, but that is actually what happened. That seems to be what happened. Lauren was like, yeah, you know what? I could have kids with Colby. She's known him for 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And her serious boyfriend is sitting on the other side of the pool. And she's saying, yeah, I think I could have kids with Colby. Unhinged from the start. Another couple that's hitting it off. Madeline. I'm sorry. I can't decide how to say her name. And Randall. They're like getting sexy. They're, you know, kind of snuggling up. But the highlight of the conversation for me was when Madeline said, what were you first attracted to on me? She says that to Randall. And he says her voice, which first of all, sick burn. What would your reaction be if you asked the guy that you're dating 
what about you he's most attracted to physically? And he said, your voice? Bye. But anyway, after he says that, after he says your voice, she does not stop talking in a forced, like drunk, sexy, quote unquote, sexy, raspy voice for the rest of the show. She just starts talking like this. And like, it's, it is like nails on a chalkboard. It's so hard to listen to. So they're mingling, they're hanging out, they're getting to know the other couples. And episode two, we just roll right into it. More of this, more of the group dates, all of that. And the most iconic scene in probably the whole series happens in this episode. Alexis, Kirtland Brandy Glanville, she corners Colby and she's like, could you see a future with me? And he's like, no, I'm not attracted to you, which I kind of respect. I respect the honesty. It's a little brutal, but at least he was honest. He's like, no, I'm not attracted to you. And she's like, you know, I'm just really not believing your story. I'm just really not believing your story about that icon behavior. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. I live for her reaction. She she literally starts to tell him that he's lying. She's like, you're lying to me about being about not being attracted to me. Like, it's pretty obvious. It's incredible. So at the end of episode two is where things become basically the worst. It's when they start to choose their new partner for the first trial marriage. I mean, it's basically a staycation, but they're calling it a trial marriage. I don't know why. I just don't know what they're participating in that makes it seem like a marriage. Like, Living with somebody could not be a less important part of being married. Like they should make them pay bills together or like get out of debt or something, you know? Listen, big businesses always have advantages over the little guy, like having more access to funding. They get better rates on things. They have so many other privileges that are only reserved for the top dogs. And if you run an e-commerce business, you probably feel like it's time people stop treating these e-commerce giants better just because they're bigger. And you're absolutely right. That's why ShipStation gives e-commerce sellers of all sizes access to the same deeply discounted rates, usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. No wonder ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 sellers. I am also one of them. So not only does ShipStation save you money because you're getting deeply discounted shipping rates, it also works with over 45 carriers so you can compare rates and delivery times to quickly find the best option. They work with over 300 platforms, including Amazon, eBay, Etsy, and more to automate processes like fulfillment and tracking. So you can save time managing orders. In fact, 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep using it for as long as they're in business. Don't let the big guys keep all the good discounts to themselves. Sign up using promo code BAD for a free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com and start saving with every shipment. That's two whole months of discounted shipping absolutely free. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in the code BAD. ShipStation, make ship happen. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. A lot of times when your brain is not feeling good, your body is not far behind. Let's also not forget about doom scrolling, just absorbing so much bad news and scary things and social media. It's not always good for 
mental health. Also, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating can all be signs that you just need a little tender, loving care. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. If you're listening to this on the Monday that it comes out, there is a very good chance that I am currently in my therapy appointment. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you should give it a try to see if online therapy can help lower your stress and anxiety. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Bad Broadcast listeners get 10% off of their first month at betterhelp.com slash bad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash bad. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? Anyway, they're all about to choose their new partners. They basically sit at a dining room table at like a La Quinta courtyard. This is my favorite thing about these weird bachelor adjacent Netflix shows. They always take place in like B or C list cities. Like The Bachelor is in L.A. You live in a mansion. You're gone for eight weeks. You can't communicate with the outside world. You travel internationally. And these other shows are in like Orlando and you still have to go to work during it. (laughs) I actually think this one happens in, I think it's Austin, Texas. The only plus side to the Netflix specials is that they can swear and use vulgar language. That's the only good part. That's the only more entertaining part. So anyway, they're all gathered at this table, ready to make their selection for who their new partner is for the first trial marriage. And I want you to know that if you've been in a relationship for multiple years and you and that person are unironically doing this experiment, you do not like each other. Bottom line. So I just want to I just want to put that out there. If you're thinking about um, doing something like this, please just know your boyfriend doesn't like you. But here's the good news. You also don't like him very much. So Nate, sweaty Nate is the first one to choose and he chooses Shanique. So then the choice goes over to Shanique. Shanique chooses Zay. Zay then chooses Shanique back. First couple. Boom. Nate, strike one. Then we move on to Jake, you know, who's previously with April and he chooses Ray, of course, because she checks all his boxes. Who else is he going to choose? Jake chooses Ray, Randall and Madeline choose each other. And then it goes back to Nate and he gets another choice. He chooses April. April then chooses Hunter. Strike two for Nate, literally second denial in a row. So April chooses Hunter. She gives him like this cute little speech that like he's like he's the calm to her storm. You know, Hunter then proposes to Alexis. Shit's getting wild at this point. Apparently, Alexis and Hunter are engaged, which why you felt the whatever. I don't even want to get into like why they felt the need to come on the show if they obviously knew that they were going to want to get engaged. This was stupid. So after that, 
kind of, you know, stirs up some drama a little bit. People are pretty stunned. We then go to Colby, who chooses Lauren. Of course, they've already decided, you know, to have kids together. And he gives her this whole monologue about having kids with her and, you know, how it's too early to say I love you, but you never know. And he's saying this in front of his current girlfriend who he's had for two years. What? Meanwhile, Nate, who has been denied twice, whispers to Madeline that he wants to choose her. Audible, he actually proposes to Lauren instead. And she says yes. So now two of the original couples are engaged. Why did they even come on this show? I do not know. Why did Nate choose three girls moments before proposing to Lauren? Nobody will ever know. Lauren, if you're listening to this, please, please, please find somebody who does not choose three women over you seconds before he gets down on one knee. Anyway, this leaves Colby and April together. So we've got four new couples. We've got Colby and April. We've got Jake and Ray. We've got Madeline and Randall. And we've got Shanique and Zay. Everybody's all shuffled. Okay, we got the deck. We shuffled them up. What are we going to draw next? Now they're living together and they're getting back to their lives. They are for real going to work during this. It is the most hilarious thing to me that they actually have to go to work. What are they telling their bosses? Like, hey, I got to get off work early because I'm uh, test married to somebody else's boyfriend and it's being filmed. No biggie. So at this point, April and Colby, who didn't even pick each other nor like each other, are actually the most respectful and normal couple. So after they're all partnered up, they start dating. They start meeting each other's families, which just feels like an unnecessary addition. Why do they need to bring the families into it? They're test married to this person for three weeks. It's a game show. I don't think you have to meet the in-laws. But after they've started this dating process, all the girls get together for the most uncomfortable girls' night you could ever witness. They are quite literally living with each other's boyfriends. Madeline is drunk, which she seems to remain for the rest of the series. But they're all just talking about how each other's boyfriends are getting boners with them. I wish this was a joke. I really do. But this is actually what they talk about for the whole dinner. It's a full on presentation from each girl about how much another girl's boyfriend is making her happy. Madeline sits Shanique down to tell her that Shanique's boyfriend is physically attracted to her. Okay. Unnecessary. They say the word boner during this dinner probably 75 times. I wish I had counted how many times they said the word boner. It felt like seventh grade co-ed PE. Somebody says boner, another person laughs. It was unbearable. This show, to me, could not be written. It's too unbelievable. Like if somebody wrote this screenplay and brought it to me, I'd be like, please change it. This would never happen in real life. Like, you know how in serial killer trials, sometimes the prosecution lowers the number of victims they killed because the real number is just too unbelievable. That's how this feels, except worse, worse than murder. So we're on episode five now. Episode five is awesome because now every couple hates each other. Obviously, you're living with a stranger. You know how long it takes you to adjust to living with someone you actually like? They're living with a complete stranger who's in a relationship while also being in a relationship. I cannot get over it. Every couple hates each other, basically, except April and Colby and Ray and Jake. I find Jake cringe 100% of the time and kind of my nightmare guy. Something about him. Ray said that Jake, Ray said that Jake was the first guy she brought home that her dad likes. And all I have to say to that is, who the hell have you been dating that makes this store brand Muppet your dad's favorite? How is that even possible? I digress. 
all of these couples are fighting more aggressively than I have ever fought with anyone in my entire life. I just I can't think of a bigger waste of time than arguing with a guy who I've known for two weeks. Can't can't even can't even picture a bigger waste of time. Some of them aren't even sleeping in the same bed like Shanique made Zay sleep on the foot bench of the bed. Michael Scott style. They're basically fighting all day and then sleeping in bed with somebody else's boyfriend, getting a little frisky. You think it would be entertaining to watch people, you know, get frisky in bed. Too bad the shots they get of them are from a spy cam in the corner and legitimately look like paranormal activity footage. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see it on the nice camera. Come on. Um, so they they do this for three weeks and they get back with their original partners. The best part about them getting back with their original person is that every single couple is fighting about the other person being unfaithful. <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? Jake and April get in this same fight. Jake literally says the words, I've fallen for Ray, but April's been texting some guys at the club. Jake, get a grip. Madeline and Colby, same fight. Madeline was dating Randall, sleeping in bed with him, making out with him, talking about his boner, and then got back with Colby. And then when she found out that he had been at the club hitting on girls, she destroys him. And she's like, you should never feel that comfortable with another girl. Like, mm, you were just sleeping with another guy. Like, literally yesterday. I think of all the couples I've seen on TV, of all the weird dynamics I've witnessed on these dumb reality shows, Colby and Madeline might be the worst and the most toxic. Actually, I should take that back. The only couple that tops them is Ray and her original boyfriend, Zay. And that would be because they physically assaulted each other on this show. Ray literally says out loud, I swung at him and punched him. They glossed over it real quick, real quick. They did not linger on that for too long. Not sure why, because it does seem like a felony. I know through this episode, there have been a lot of moments that I've stopped and said this was the most shocking part of the show. But you guys, the conversation between Ray, say, and Ray's mom. Ray's mom has never loved anything more than a chance to be on TV. She actually might be under the impression that this show is about her. She is mediating. I don't even want to say mediating because she's not really mediating between Ray and Zay's like fight at this lunch they're at. She is actually in the fight with them. She is also fighting with Zay. Why would they ever fight in front of a parent, let alone let their parent join in on their fight? Like be an adult and handle your issues in the car on the way home. Don't invite your mom into the argument. I mean, it's great TV. Don't get me wrong, but you know, horrible life practice. So luckily, Ray and Zay do decide to break up after, you know, verbally and physically assaulting each other casually. So here we are at the end of episode eight. And if you would have asked me at this point, I would have said, if there's any hope in the world, any hope, if there's anything good out there, none of these couples will end up together. I have seen better relationships watching WWE SmackDown. But lo and behold, here we are at the final destination. It's the time to answer the ultimatum. Randall proposes to Shanique. And the minute she says yes, instant regret. Randall is very much second guessing this decision. How their path ended here, I don't know. But I guess they break up at the end. They break off their engagement, but now they're back together just dating. So obviously the show, super effective. Back quite literally exactly where they started. All right, now we get to Jake and April. It's their turn. 
Jake breaks up with April and does not propose. Good for both of them. April deserves better. But wait, Jake has two tickets anywhere in the world. And Ray is being dropped off at the exact location. Jake showed up to break up with April with two tickets for him and Ray in his pocket. What a piece of shit, man. I'm sorry, but it's true. I think that's a really dirty thing to do to somebody. And again, I like April. April literally (laughs) snooped on Jake's phone, airdropped pictures of that he took of Ray or videos that he took of Ray while they were dating, airdropped them to herself. And then she literally said, hi, my name's April. I'm a crazy bitch. I airdropped my boyfriend's photos to my phone so I could probably blackmail him. I love an upfront girl. So now we get to Madeline and Colby, the last couple. Ray and Zay is broken up. Everybody else is engaged. The couples who were engaged at the beginning are long gone. All we've got is Madeline and Colby. And I don't know what they see in each other, honestly. But the highlight for me is that Colby (laughs) shows up to the proposal in the cowboy hat that Madeline roasted on her very first one and one on one. She was like, that's that's Colby and everybody else just eats it up. And she clearly thinks it's the most annoying thing in the world. And he shows up to propose to her in the cowboy hat. She probably wanted to run away the minute she saw him, but uh, too late because he's on his knee. He is proposing. She's saying yes. Did I mention a pastor is literally walking in the door to marry them? They got married within five minutes of getting engaged. It just feels like Colby really wanted to just lock her down and give her no other option and just say, I want to marry you. It doesn't matter that we have problems. It doesn't matter how unhealthy we are. It doesn't matter that we make each other's lives worse. We need to get married and we need to get married now. It makes me feel icky. Okay. Makes me feel very icky. And it's going to make you feel ickier in just a moment because that's where the series ends. And then we, you know, hop on to the reunion. The reunion had had a few highlights. It was no men tell all, but everyone's hair did get dramatically worse. And oh, surprise. Madeline is seven months pregnant. Seven months pregnant. Does it not just feel like Colby really wanted to lock her down and give her no option? He kind of, to me, feels like a sociopath. I know that's quite the diagnosis to make, but I'm sticking by it. Anyway, April has a new boyfriend. Ray and Jake never went on the trip. I don't think they ever even dated Uh, The two original couples who got engaged at the beginning are still together. Alexa still sucks. So I'm glad we only had to deal with her for like 14 minutes of screen time. But overall, uh, what a wild ride. What What an absolutely wild ride this TV show was. I feel like the producers of this show looked at The Bachelor and they were like, you know what makes great TV? When somebody has a secret girlfriend back home or when somebody's in a relationship and then it gets exposed like halfway through the season, that makes great TV. So how about we just bring a bunch of couples together who are already dating and make them all cheat on each other? Like it was bound to be the most horribly entertaining show ever. And I didn't think that anything could make me cringe sweat harder than Love is Blind seasons one and two. But the ultimatum did it. The ultimatum took took the cake for most cringe. I will say I actually started Temptation Island because I think it's like a similar, it's a similar concept. They bring couples in and then they let them mingle with like a bunch of other people. They're not other couples technically, but they just are having them like go on group dates and stuff. 
that one was bad enough that I couldn't even get through it because there's this happy medium of cringe. It's got to be cringe enough that you avert your eyes sometimes, but not so bad that you can't even get through an episode. And Temptation Island, for me, I could not even get through an episode. I'm trying to think if there's any other shows like that where I really just could not get through it. I'll have to think about that. But anyway, you guys called and left me some voicemails about your thoughts you had on the ultimatum. And I love the energy you guys are giving about this. And I want to play a few and give you my thoughts on them. So let's start with the first voicemail. Okay. I'm just really glad that it was brought up in the finale because it made me absolutely insane every single time that happened. But April's third person thing. Can we just talk about that for a second? Because, oh my good Lord, I wanted to scream. The worst thing about it is that it rubbed off on the rest of the cast. Did you notice that? Because I, I swear my poor husband, we were brand newlyweds. We binged it on our honeymoon <laughs> and I, I lost my mind. I was like, I wish this girl would just shut her mouth. I really, actually, I really liked April, but the third person thing made me insane. Really just honestly, just the biggest thing about it that was obnoxious is that it really did rub off on everybody else. And I hated that. Hate that. Hashtag hate that. Thanks for being the best. I love you. Bye. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that somebody brought this up because it was un it was unbearable to listen to because she wasn't doing it every now and then for like comedic effect. She just actually talks like that. And again, I, I do like April too. She was, I mean, she was my favorite of on the show, which being the favorite of this show is not a huge accomplishment, but she was my favorite. And yeah, she did it so often. I think something that has really shaken me now that I'm in my late 20s, every time I watch one of these shows, Love is Blind, this one, Bachelor, they're all like in their early 20s. Like April is 23 years old. Had I been on reality TV when I was 23, I can't even imagine the embarrassing things I would do and say. But they're all really, really young. I guess you kind of got to snag people for these shows when they're young before they know any better. But I looked up all of their ages because I just think this is interesting. Lauren is 26 and Nate is 30. Ray is 24 and Zay is only 25. Alexis is 25. Hunter is 28. April, like I said, is 20. Well, some things I see say she's 23 and some say 24, but she's somewhere in there. Jake is 28. He certainly does not seem 28. And Madeline is 24 and Colby is 25. That's so young. They're all so young. I mean, I guess a couple of them are like 28 and 30, but still, but still, I feel like your early 20, I feel like the ages of 21 to 25 is when everyone is their absolute worst. Like that's when you think you really know everything. That's when you are your most confident. You think that you've got everything figured out. And then your late twenties, early thirties hit. And you're like, wow, I really did not know anything. So it's actually a really entertaining time to get people on reality TV. It's a good day when I get to talk about my all-time favorite pimple patches. Also, they're Haley Bieber's favorite pimple patches. So you can basically assume they're the best and the chicest. Starface's best-selling Hydrostars are 100% hydrocolloid pimple patches that help reduce inflammation, absorb fluid, and shrink spots overnight. 
I love that Starface has a full range of Hydrostar pimple patches for whatever mood I'm in. They also have a lot of variation in sizes. And my personal favorite is their new variation, which is the Hydrostar plus salicylic acid, which helps treat deeper pimples and acne. Pimple patches aside, Starface has also formulated an approachable line of skincare essentials, so you can really build out a full routine. Everything is dermatologist tested, vegan, and cruelty-free, and designed to make you feel cute. I love the Space Wash, which is a gentle, lightly foaming cleanser. I use it at the end of the day to take my makeup off. Outer Space, which is a daily body wash for acne-prone skin. If you get stubborn acne on your arms or your back, it's so good for it. Also, their Moisture on Mars, which is a super hydrating cream that locks in moisture day and night. You can shop the entire Starface collection at starface.world. And for a limited time, Starface is offering all Bad Broadcast listeners 15% off of your first order at checkout with the code BAD15. Again, that code is BAD15 for 15% off your first order at starface.world. Single people are always spending their hard-earned cash on their married friends. You got things like wedding gifts, bachelor and bachelorette parties, baby showers, little kids' birthday parties, also divorce parties. I don't know. You never know, but I'm sure those happen, and I'm sure you got to buy people a present for them. That's why Visible, the wireless service built for singles, has teamed up with Match Group, the people behind Tinder, Match, OkCupid, Plenty of Fish, and other dating apps to create a gift registry that's just for singles. Now, married people can buy the gifts for singles for a change. Honestly, send me your registry. Maybe I'll buy you something. I mean, no promises, but I do like the idea of being able to know what to buy my single friends. The gifts are tailored specifically for single life, like foldable one-person kayaks or wine glasses that fit an entire bottle because who needs to share? The first 1,000 people to build their registry also get a free gift. And you don't want to miss out. This part is very important. The registry ends April 25th, which if you're listening to this episode, the day it airs, today is the last day. Visible has single people covered with sweet singles gifts and with single line wireless as low as $25 a month. So head on over and build your registry at visiblesinglesregistry.com. Again, that is visible, V-I-S-I-B-L-E, singlesregistry.com. All right. Uh, Yes, her third person thing was terribly annoying. I'm completely on your side. And let's go on to voicemail number two. Hi, Maddie. This probably isn't what you're going for. But has anyone noticed that they're drinking out of those silver metal cups? No matter where they're at, if they're at a restaurant or if they're at someone's home or if they're on the set of the ultimatum, are we not allowed to show that we're drinking alcohol on TV? I thought it was kind of weird. Anyway, have a good one. All right. So the reason I picked this one is because I think this is a fun fact to share that I actually learned when we were reviewing and watching Love is Blind, because obviously this is the same producers and everything, but they drink out of those so that the audience can't tell where the drink is, like how much the how much of the drink is gone so that they can edit the clips together however they want. So you can't gauge like, oh, they said that before they said this because there was more liquid in the cup before that scene. So that's why. And it's actually kind of shady. I mean, I get it. It makes like continuity easier, like if they don't have to deal with things that are varying like that. But it just seems like they can kind of pick and choose and put things together. 
I think that's why they started doing reunions on these reality shows, because I'm sure that they were airing these and people were super mad about their edits or the way that they put things together. So they had to let people have the reunion so they could talk about what they really wanted to talk about. I don't know. That's kind of what it feels like to me. But yeah, a lot of people have brought up the silver goblets in the ultimatum and then the gold goblets in Love is Blind. And yeah, that's why it's so that they can edit it however they want. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Let's go on to the next one. Ah, I'm so glad you're doing this because I have so many thoughts and like nobody to share them with. So first of all, Nate is gross. And the only reason he proposed was because none of the other girls chose him. He just seems like a manipulative, gross creep that just really wants kids. Also, poor Madeline really needs therapy. I think she's married now to a narcissist. And she obviously has a very strong personality, but she's probably gaslit so often that she can't really stand by her convictions. Um, I'm glad that Ray and Zay didn't work out. I'm sad that Ray and Jacob didn't work out, but I'm glad that Jacob found out what he really wanted. I'm glad that April found somebody. I feel really bad for Zay though, because he seemed like he was really into the relationship and ready to commit. And Ray just never was. That's my thought so far because these are short messages, but I'm so glad you're talking about this. See, this is what I'm saying. You guys really, really brought the energy with, with this. And okay, first things first, I of course agree that Nate is a gross creep who just wants to have kids. I feel like he doesn't even want to have kids with Lauren. He just wants to get somebody pregnant. That's all he wants to do. Madeline needs therapy. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, every single person on this show needs, needs to do some real real like shadow work (laughs) before they get into a relationship. But also I agree with you that Madeline is, she does have that strong personality and yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that nobody is safe. Nobody is safe from narcissists and manipulation. And I don't like Madeline really at all, but I do feel bad for her because I think Colby is a narcissistic sociopath. I agree with you there. And interesting that you brought up Zay and Zay being ready to commit and into the relationship I agree, but I also understand like why they didn't work out. Like at the very beginning of the show, Ray talks about how she is like graduated from college. She's ready to take the next steps forward. Zay is still trying to graduate, figure his life out. You just bad, bad timing. Maybe they would be a good couple in another world. But uh, at the end of the day, they were so, so bad for each other. I, I actually kind of can't believe that they aired the scene of Ray admitting to hitting Zay and like there's even the scene where like Zay is like grabbing her arm like hard like it's it's crazy I can't believe that they put that on TV and then did not bring it up during the reunion it's pretty wild all right uh let's go on to the next one shall we hi Maddie um I love you and I love this show and having a fake parasocial relationship with you um I have two thoughts about the ultimatum number one I thought Madeline didn't even like Colby and now she's pregnant. And when they got engaged, he was wearing a cowboy hat, which was heinous. Um, My second thought, um, if one person doesn't want kids and the other one does, having one child is not a compromise. It's still having a child, just not lots of kids. So I feel bad for Lauren. And another reason that Colby sucks is because he said that he could convince 
Lauren to have kids if they ever got together. So um, the reunion episode was crazy and it was the most chaotic, wonderful show ever. And love you. Love the show. See ya. All right. I mean, I agree with you on on every single front. Madeline doesn't like Colby. Obviously, Colby, I don't think really likes Madeline, just wants to, you know, lock her down. And the cowboy hat. I'm so glad that you brought up the cowboy hat. But something that I forgot to mention is the robe, the robe that Colby wears while he's getting ready to go propose. Like I, I couldn't even describe it if I wanted to. So please just look up. Please just look up a picture of it. The producers couldn't have given him just like a white robe from the hotel. They had to have him bring his own. Like how low is the budget that you couldn't even get this guy a white robe to wear while he showered? It's like this beige, weird, like Cracker Barrel style. It's got buffalo on it or maybe horses. I don't know, but it's horrific. And I'm so glad that you brought up this, this like compromise, quote unquote compromise that Nate and Lauren came to because at the reunion, they're like, Hey, did you guys figure out uh, if you want to have kids or not? And they're like, yeah, we compromised and we're going to have one for now. I agree with you. Not a compromise, not a compromise. And that just feels like Nate got exactly what he wanted. You know, like it's not really compromise if one person is getting 100% of what they want and the other person gets zero. It's not really how that works. So I do feel bad for her. I, I hope that everybody ends up happy. That's what I'm going to say. I don't hope for the worst for any of these people. I hope that it all works out and they all end up happy. Um, but I will say I hope they end up happy with other people. <laughs> okay, let's do the last voicemail. Hey, Maddie. Oh, my goodness. I've got a lot of thoughts on this ultimatum show. First of all, Zay is the worst. He has the personality of a brick. So I don't even know what Ray saw in him from the beginning. Second, um, Alexis, yikes. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't even have words for her. I don't know how Hunter is possibly not, how he's not dying at the thought of a life with her. She makes me want to pull my hair out, as does Madeline. But let's be honest, I was completely shook at the fact that Shelby and not only ended up together with him, but that he like married her on the spot. It was almost like he was trying to like tie her down because he knew that she would back out of a proposal. And so he's like, let's get married right now. Like none of our family, none of our friends, nothing. We're getting married right now. And then boom, she's pregnant at the, at the reunion. I was shook. Like I said, from the beginning at the beginning, Colby and April were my favorite. They were not my favorite by the end. I actually didn't have any favorites because they're all the worst. And let's talk about Nate for just a second because the fact that he chose two other women and then he turned to Madeline and he's like, I'm going to choose you. And then he was like, and then nobody was matching up with him. And he was like, well, freak, what am I going to do? All right, I guess I'll just propose to Lauren. I was so upset. I was so upset. You too. My little three-year-old was upset too. Just kidding. She did not watch the show, but still. Um, Randall was by far my favorite over them all. See, this show upsets people of all ages. It doesn't even matter. Anybody who comes near this show is bound to be upset. Um, Interesting that you said Zay is the worst and has the personality of a brick. I mean, I didn't think he was super entertaining, but he, he, 
he did seem until okay obviously until the end where things got very weird with him um he kind of just seemed like the most normal to me like his reactions to things were the most normal something that i didn't talk about at, at the beginning was this weird scene that happened between Zay and Shanique. So Zay got back with Ray and then they ended up breaking up because they got in a fight and then he went out like all night for like eight hours and then he came home. They decided to like officially break up. Anyway, then Zay called Shanique to, I guess, get advice and Shanique, (laughs) Shanique full on just gets mad at Zay for staying out all night. That is the only thing that she, she gets mad at him for. It's like you can't get mad at your non-boyfriend for something that he did. You know, Shanique had all of these moments where I really was pulling for her. I wanted her to say, like, I just wanted her to either stick up for herself or break up with Randall or something like that. But every time she just did kind of like the most immature option. I hate to say that. I'm not trying to, you know, bash her or anything. But just all of her responses seemed to be seemed to be really immature and like sarcastic and kind of petty. And normally I would live for that, but it was pretty hard to watch. It was pretty hard to watch. How many times can I say that about this show? That it was just, it was just pretty hard to watch. But regardless, I am glad we did it. I'm glad we ventured through this together. I don't know if I could do another season of this. I mean, when season two comes out, I'm sure they're going to do another season. Not sure I'm going to be able to watch it. But as I'm saying this, of course, I'm going to watch it. I am who I am. I can't stay away from these. And I guess neither can you guys, which is why we're best friends. So now it's time to say goodbye, which is always sad. Should we sing the goodbye song from Out of the Box? Do you guys remember that? So long, farewell to you, my friend. Why don't I sing that? That was a that was a really important part of my childhood. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, follow me on Instagram for all of the info about what next week's episode will be. If there's a question, you can answer it there. Otherwise, I tell you what's coming up so you can be prepared. And um, I think that's all. I'm just stalling because I don't want to say goodbye. But remember to always be safe, be kind, and be hot. I love you. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.